Anthony Fasano from the Engineering Management Institute here. And before we bring you this episode of the podcast, we want to let you know that like many people, the team here at EMI is concerned about the COVID-19 coronavirus. While there are many reputable news and medical sources out there to help you stay informed, here at EMI, we'd like to use our platform to keep you up to date on any news related to engineering projects, conferences, events, and so on. We will be posting this information as we receive it at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org forward slash COVID-19. Again, that's engineeringmanagementinstitute.org forward slash C-O-V-I-D-1-9. Stay informed and stay safe. Welcome to episode number 226 of the Engineering Career Coach podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. In this episode, I talk to Devorah Zak, a best-selling author, global keynote speaker, and leadership consultant. Her internationally released books, Networking for People Who Hate Networking, Second Edition, Single Tasking, and Managing for People Who Hate Managing are translated into 45 languages. Devorah will be talking to us about networking and we'll provide some great tips on how you can improve your networking skills as an engineer, including networking actions that can be performed in times like this where there will be limited face-to-face interaction. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I am a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. This was a great episode to do at this time. I know it's a stressful time, a fearful time, and a lot of us are quarantined kind of in our homes and we can't go out and interact and network with other people in person, but there are things we can do. In fact, you can make a case that this is a great time to do some of the follow-up associated with networking that Devorah dives into in this episode and building those relationships when you're not actually with that person. So I thought it'd be a good time to kind of release this episode so you can maybe utilize some of these skills right now to build relationships. Before we jump in with Devorah, though, I do want to mention that we are going to be doing some special training based on some surveys we've done for engineers on what they want right now during this COVID-19 outbreak. And the two topics were, how do I work from home productively? And how do I continue to build business or develop business for my companies online? And so we've put together a couple of training sessions that are going to be live. You can find out all the details at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Again, that's engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Just click on the training page and there you'll see the upcoming live sessions. They're very affordable. We understand that everyone's kind of squeezed right now. And so we've made them affordable. And and if you take them, you're going to get a lot out of them for sure. And I can guarantee you that. All right. So let me tell you a little bit more about our guest for this episode, Devorah Zach. She is the CEO of Only Connect Consulting Incorporated, providing leadership and team programs to 100 plus clients. She's keynoted for the Smithsonian, John Hopkins Medical Institute, National Institutes of Health, John Deere, London Business School, Mensa, and others. Devorah holds an MBA from Cornell, full tuition merit scholar, a BA from University of Pennsylvania, magna cum laude, certifications in MBTI and neurolinguistic programming, among other amazing achievements. Her company won USDA's Women-Owned Business of the Year. Awards include Forbes Top Networking Book 2019, Forbes Top 5 Self-Help Books, Top 5 Business Books of 2016, and Top 10 Nonfiction 
by the Washington Post. She was great. She gave a lot of really actionable tips around networking. And again, I know this is a stressful time. A lot of us are kind of just staying at home or working from home. You can get bored, but you know, you can also get out, you can work out, you can relieve some stress through doing things like that. And you can take action online, you know, have chats with people, video chats, do some of the following up in the network. And I hope that my conversation with Devorah will get you thinking about, you know, interacting more with people. So let me bring you into our main segment with a quote that's applicable to the topic. The quote is from Sally Krawcheck. Networking has been cited as the number one unwritten rule of success in business. Who you know really impacts what you know. Let's jump in. All right, now I'm excited to welcome our guest onto the podcast today, Devorah Zach. Devorah is the author of Networking for People Who Hate Networking, which is currently in its second edition. Devorah, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Thank you. So Devorah, you were recommended to us by several of our listeners. Our, our listeners, of course, are engineers and technical professionals, and they read your book for obvious reasons because a lot of us you know, aren't that comfortable with networking. And so before we jump into some of the questions around networking, could you just kind of give our listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background and how you got into this topic? I'm a leadership development consultant and I have a company in its 23rd year called Only Connect Consulting, focusing on coaching, keynotes, uh, assessments, and many different topics in, those, in that arena, such as change and team development and so on. And networking really came to the top for a lot of my readers and my listeners that it hit home for many, many people. Uh, the subtitle of the book is A Field Guide for Introverts, the Overwhelmed, and the Underconnected. And it turns out globally, a lot of people would put themselves in those categories. And that's why um, the book is in a couple dozen languages now. <laughs> so you're not alone if you hate networking. <laughs> that is good to know. Again, like I said, our listeners are really technical and, and often as technical professionals, we are highly analytical and can be introverted. So I guess first question for you is what can you know, our audience do to kind of build their confidence to help them be comfortable enough to get out there and network? So the first step is to learn about your own personality style, to learn about where you are in the introvert extrovert spectrum, which the book has an easy assessment at the beginning. And the next is to understand what the real differences are between introverts and extroverts. There's a lot of misconceptions. And then the third step is to accept who you are, to work with instead of fighting against your natural temperament. And if you do believe you're an introvert or know you're an introvert or suspect you might be an introvert, I just want to get one thing out in the open. Introverts do not need to be fixed. <laughs> so this is not about getting you to be like someone else. It's about getting you to understand, accept, and work with yourself and to be totally authentic in all your networking while honoring what you need to be successful rather than following rules that don't work for most people. I think that that assessment in your book could be very helpful to our listeners because I think one of the kind of misnomers out there is that all engineers are introverts, which you know I don't think is true, but I think sometimes people just say, I'm an engineer, so I must be an introvert, but they're not really sure. And so any kind of assessment or, you know, something that they can look at in course to help them figure out where they are in that spectrum, I think could definitely, definitely be helpful. And, and one of the things that you say in your book is that the very traits that make you hate networking can, can be harnessed to forge an approach even more effective than maybe traditional techniques. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. 
Sure. So let's start by talking about what the actual traits are that distinguish introversion from extroversion. Uh, so some people think that introverts are somehow less secure, uh, less successful, lower energy. None of that is true. There are only three real differences between introverts and extroverts. One is that introverts prefer one-on-one -on -one interactions and extroverts prefer group interactions. The next is that introverts energize alone and extroverts energize with others. Oh, there's also, well, those are kind of a corollary to each other. There's also that introverts think to talk and extroverts talk to think. And the last one is that introverts go deep, extroverts go wide. That means introverts prefer deeper interactions, deeper relationships, deeper types of interests. Extroverts prefer more activity, more breadth, more going on, more action, more people. And those are the only main differences. They make a tremendous difference in how we communicate and relate to the world. However, you'll notice what I didn't say. I didn't say that one was type A or type B personality. I didn't say one was gonna be more successful as a leader than the other. None of that is linked whatsoever. So to get to your question right before I explain the differences was how can you leverage those traits? So if you're an introvert and you think, well, Deborah just said that I think to talk instead of talking to think, doesn't that mean that I'm gonna be a bad networker because net networking requires interactions with people that are, seem spontaneous? So that is not the solution. The idea is not to say, oh, I think to talk, therefore I don't need to network or I can't network or I'm terrible at it. It's to say, okay, this is a fact. I happen to have a temperament that means that I think before I talk. So that means I'm instead of wishing that wasn't true or pretending that's not true, I accept that that's true. And therefore, before I go to an event, whether it's online or in person, I prepare questions that are interesting to ask. I prepare responses to the typical questions I might be expecting others to ask me. I prepare so that when I'm ready to go, I've practiced, I've paced myself, and I have great conversations with people. That's interesting because basically what I'm hearing from all that is it's not that one is necessarily better than the other at networking. It's that the introverts and extroverts just take different approaches to it. That's right. And I, a lot of extroverts that I work with say to me, oh, Devorah, I'm a fantastic networker. I can talk to anyone about anything. And to that, I generally reply, I mean, it's, a, it's a lovely trait to be able to talk to anyone about anything. It does not necessarily translate, however, it's not equated with being a great networker. Networking has to do with how meaningful, mutually beneficial, lasting relationships, building those one person at a time. It doesn't mean that quantity is the most important thing. Really, quality is the most important. That's great because actually, you know, the word networking does get thrown out there quite a bit in the world today and especially in the corporate world. And I think a good place always to start when you're talking about something is, you know, what does it actually mean? So, you know, having you kind of break it down like that in terms of meaningful relationships, I think is a great way to do it. Because again, just because you're an introvert may just mean, like Devorah said, you're going to have a couple deeper conversations and you're going to have a couple deeper relationships as opposed to someone who may just go wider and say, hey, I talked to 20 people at the networking event. That was a great event for me. Well, was it or was it not? So, Exactly. I say um, connect, don't collect. <laughs> so when you're meeting with people, connect with them is way more important than collecting business cards or collecting names and so on. Also, when you're thinking about what is networking, a lot of people think it's very negative connotation. So they're almost a point of pride that I might say, I hate networking. Well, that's because I might think that it's about shameless self-promotion or about manipulating people. But in fact, real networking is none of those things. Real networking is about connecting deeply and lasting relationships, not dazzling people in one night and then never being in touch with them again. Yeah. And that's what I often tell engineers when we're talking about networking or building relationships. A lot of engineers that I know 
will go to like their monthly association meeting. They'll get a bunch of business cards. They'll kind of put them on their desk and they'll kind of think to themselves like, all right, I did my networking for the month. And what I try to tell them is, listen, getting those cards, making those initial contacts, I think is like maybe like your first step in terms of like a networking process. And then you need to build relationships beyond that. And again, like to Devorah's point, if you go to a networking event and you talk to 20 people, the odds of you building 20 deep relationships are very low. So you're going to have to probably pick a few people and focus your energy on those couple of people. Would you agree with that? Yes, I do. And I'm an introvert. So even the thought for me too, to thinking I need to go to an event and, and connect with or meet 20 new people is overwhelming. It makes me not want to go. And, and, and it seems totally daunting and out of sync with who I really am. So what I always uh, suggest is you research in advance before you go to an event or a program and narrow it down to two or three people that you really want to connect with based on what you've learned. Reach out in advance. See if you can meet for a cup of coffee instead of with a huge group to a steak dinner that's going to last three hours that most introverts would dread. To your point, just because you've collected, let's say, 20 cards, that doesn't mean really anything about your ability to network. What really tells us about your networking expertise is what happens in the next day or two after the event. And one of the things that you also mentioned in your book, Deborah, is that you don't succeed kind of by denying your natural temperament in networking. You succeed by kind of working with your strengths. And where I see this is very applicable to engineers, which you already referenced earlier, is that a lot of us as engineers are researchers, right? We like to go deep into topics. So if you're thinking about building two deep relationships, you know, some of those skills that you've learned in terms of researching and going deep on topics can translate, I think, very well to networking as opposed to us saying like, oh, I'm an engineer, I'm like analytical, I can't do this. Well, maybe actually your ability to go deep is going to be what's kind of like a superpower here. Yes. And what you can't do are, is the advice that a lot of so-called networking experts offer up, which is like to n- never spend time alone or to... Uh, and more is more. And that is stuff that we as introverts can't do and really shouldn't ever try to do because we'll crash and burn. So instead, it goes back once again to respecting your energy. If I say, oh, I should talk to everyone in this room or I should go to every program in this three-day conference, listen inside your head. And when you're saying to yourself, I should do this, I should do that, it almost always means you should not. If I'm saying, you know what? The truth is I get depleted with my energy. So I need to manage my energy and focus on what's most important for me at this event. So just a quick story that happened to me in real life and other similar things have happened to me frequently, but this one in particular, I was keynoting at a conference and my keynote topic was networking. I do talk about other topics too, but, (laughs) and some women met me before the, the big keynote address and sort of said hello. And then I went off and I was sitting alone in a cafe with no one near me, just like reading. And they came by and they go, they were laughing. They go, oh, is this how you network? Ha, ha, ha. Catching me, you know, sitting there alone. And I said, yeah, this is exactly how I do it. This is how I can be good when I'm doing the keynote. And we all just laughed. But so it takes a little bit of guts sometimes to honor who you are. But go off by yourself, give yourself downtime and respect that so you can get your energy up when it really matters. Yeah. And I like that point a lot because I also think that when someone goes to a conference, let's say, for example, you know, there's lots of engineering conferences, engineers will go, there's hundreds, thousands of people there. And I think sometimes because of the perception of networking, like we talked about earlier, which is, you know, just get out there and talk to a lot of people, you feel a pressure at a conference that, you know, you got to go to these big events, you got to be around a lot of people, you got to network. And if you're following kind of what you said earlier in terms of focus on making some deep relationships, then 
you really don't have to worry about that. Some of that pressure can go away and you can just say, all right, I'm going to go back to my room, refresh, recharge, and I'm going to go back down and try to focus on those couple of people that I really wanted to connect. Sure. And also to look for opportunities that will put you in your best light. So many people who don't like networking will procrastinate and show up late to the networking event. And then they'll walk into the exact scenario that they despise, which is noisy, tons of people, everyone's already in conversation, uh, crowded, and you're just going to want to leave, sneak out. Instead, a lot of my advice is counterintuitive. What I recommend is if you don't like networking, get there a couple minutes early before most people are there. It's going to be quiet. People aren't already in conversations, big groups. It's not crowded. You can have a deeper conversation one-on-one with someone. And then you can leave early, too, if that's part of your master plan as a a present to yourself. Also, thinking about, oh, I, I don't like to talk about myself. Maybe I'm really private, which is a trait that many introverts have. Then think of great questions. A lot of introverts are known for being really good listeners. However, with that in mind, think of a few things you might be willing to share about yourself because conversations and relationships can get a little lopsided if you're only asking and not offering anything up. So again, in advance, think of what are some things I could say about myself that I'm okay with. And um, so again, there's millions of tips I could talk all day, but (laughs) there's a few of them right there. I think that one about showing up early, I like that a lot because an introvert that shows up to an event with a lot of people can obviously, they can create some stress and it could be a little bit more difficult to get around the room and, and connect with people. Whereas if you get there early, you kind of have your pick and there's a few people and you can connect with them on that deeper level. I think really what like the running theme is becoming of this conversation is really making those deep connections, which introverts, I feel like we can do that because we have that deep thought process, you know, that connection of going deep. So that's good news, I think, for a lot of our listeners. Full of good news. <laughs> That's good. To switch gears for a minute, though, we have a lot of students as well that listen to the podcast, right? And they're kind of preparing, of course, to enter the workforce and and they want to start networking and building their professional network. How can they make a good impression or how can they approach this process in a positive way? So let's say you're a student and you're, for example, looking for a mentor and and I work with lots of engineers, by the way, (laughs) and you're you're looking for a mentor. And um, how do you set yourself apart? How do you make that person want it? have a relationship with you. And again, it's stuff that introverts are great at is to research a little bit about that person, show that you know about them, that it's not just some generic question. I just want anyone to be my mentor or to help guide me, but let them know why you contacted them and make it as easy as possible for someone to say yes. So if I'm like, oh, you know, if I'm vague, that's not good. If I'm asking for what sounds like too much to you, if you're someone senior to me that I want to create a connection with. Uh, So make it easy for them to say yes and be concrete and specific and show that you've researched that person and that you're seeking them out for a reason. They're just not one of many, many people. So uh, that's one thing. Another thing is for introverts to also, when you're with a group of people, let's say you don't know the people in advance and and you want to kind of get to know them. So one important thing to remember is whoever you're talking to, especially at like an event where you want to network, decide that the person you're talking to is the right person for you to be talking to at this moment. So often we have preconceived notions of who the right person is and think, oh, this person's not so interesting or won't help me in my career. Great thing to do is to think this person is the right person for me to be talking to right now, maybe not forever, but in this next 10 minutes or so. And my job is to find out why, what can we learn from each other? And that will ensure that you're the right person for other people to be talking to. Great advice. I really like that part about you know doing the research on someone before you approach them, especially if you're trying to find a mentor for a student or a younger engineering professional. 
That's really important. I'm a big believer in mentoring, finding the right mentor in your career. I think it can really help you in terms of your development. However, I do think it's difficult sometimes to approach people, of course, and ask someone, but following Devorah's advice there and really, I mean, there's plenty of resources today, LinkedIn or whatever the case may be in terms of learning about someone before you reach out to them that can really make all the difference in your connection with them and the response that they give you. So, Yeah. And I want to throw in there, don't be afraid to ask. So many people self-eliminate. They're like, oh, this person's way too important, way too busy, way too sought after. It doesn't hurt to ask. And especially asking in a, in a concrete, meaningful way and uh, let them decide that they don't want to do it. But don't you decide for them that they might not be interested in talking to you. That's right. That's what I always tell my kids. Never assume it, it makes you know what <laughs> you and me. But uh, now the people make assumptions and it's not good because just because someone's a president of a company doesn't mean that they don't want to give back and, and mentor you know, a younger engineer. And you'll actually be surprised more times than not than the people that I've talked to that, that are being more than willing to help out when needed. Zora, I want to kind of go down this road a little bit. A lot of engineers go to quote unquote networking events, professional association events, lunchtime, breakfast, happy hour, whatever it is, they make that initial contact that we've talked about already here. Then there's this process, right, of deepening the relationship like you mentioned. So what are some steps that people can take beyond the initial meeting with someone to try to deepen a relationship if they do say, all right, listen, there's two or three people that I really want to develop relationships with. How do you recommend going about that process? First, you make the initial contact like we've established. And then the most important thing you can do is follow up. Because if you're not following up, you're not networking. So let me repeat myself. If you're not following up, it's not even networking. So that's how important that is. So you've met someone, you want to follow up. Okay, but maybe you can't really keep track of who the different people are that you met at the event. So let's just back up a little bit and put you back in the moment where you just made contact with someone who is potentially a valuable network opportunity for you, then we tend to overestimate our own memories. So we might think, oh yeah, yeah, it was great talking to Anthony and I'll, I'll write him next week. And the next day I have, I look at these four or five cards I collected and I have no idea which one that person was. So we tend to forget about half of what we hear within 48 hours. So what I recommend you do at the event is if after you've met someone who you really want to follow up with, and it doesn't have to be everyone, just it might be one person or two people, just take a moment to yourself. So added bonus, you get a little downtime and write on their card or write on a something that you'll remember that it's linked to this person, a few things about the conversation, something, a topic you discuss, something they're interested in, maybe how to pronounce their name or, or extracurricular they're interested in, in doing on the weekends. And then when you follow up, all of a sudden you've given this great gift to yourself. You're like, oh yeah, I, I remember now. He's really, really into soccer. So it's very authentic and meaningful. And it shows to them, you're really following up with them for a reason. It's not just generic email. And then always think, what can I do for the other person? Even if they're more senior than you or seem super important, there's always something that you can do for them. So instead of asking for something right away, offer something. And uh, it can be any number of different things. It can be tangible, um, like something really specific that they said that they are interested in, or it could be an article that they might be want to read or another person to connect them with. But position yourself as someone helpful, not someone demanding. Following up on that a little bit. So you meet the person, you make some notes about what they like, you know, sports or whatever the case may be. And then in terms of follow-up, you could email, like what, what are some approaches you could take in terms of keeping in touch with them? So first I would say, um, and I'll get to the email uh, possibility in a minute, uh, you want to follow up within two days 
while you still remember each other. So <laughs> while they remember you and you remember them, except if you, especially if you're seeking something uh, like a mentorship, it's the one day to kind of avoid non-essential emails or follow up with non-essential to the other, from the other person's opinion is Monday. People tend to be the most overwhelmed on Mondays. So if you meet someone on a Saturday, for example, just wait until Tuesday. Otherwise, just in, in a really short time, turnaround time. I think emails is still a great way to follow up, but you want to make your email short, concise, and to the point, not rambly. But I think emails is a fine way to follow up. If it's something really meaningful that someone already did for you, maybe they got you an internship or something that it's bigger deal. I think a great secret weapon of networking is a handwritten note. Not all the time, but if you really want to show that you something was very important to you, maybe it was just listening to the speech the person gave and it really hit some key points that you really learned a lot that you plan to implement back at the lab, then write a quick little handwritten note. It doesn't take any longer than an email and it does make a great impression. In terms of like longer term maintenance now, like this is someone you met six months ago, you followed up with them, you've had little interactions here and there. It's just trying to keep in touch with these couple of people. Maybe you've identified that you want to build deeper relationships. Just keep some kind of regular cadence and find something that's of interest to them. Maybe you send it to them. Is that just something that you have to, should try to do with people? Yes. And this is a real art, uh, the art of following up. But actually, there's a brand new chapter in the second edition of networking for people who hate networking just on this very topic, follow up and about getting into more of the nuances of what to do and what to avoid. But the broad strokes are you do want to stay in touch. You don't want to overstay in touch, especially if you're looking for a new job or a promotion or something. It's way more on your radar than anyone else's. So you might think, oh, I haven't heard from them in three days. I'll just touch base again. So you don't want to be a pest. And it's okay. And if they don't get back to you, on the other hand, it doesn't mean that they don't like you or they think you're annoying. It might just be they're really, really busy. So on the one hand, you don't want to overdo it. But on the other hand, don't throw up your hands in the air and say, forget it. This person's not interested just because that you haven't heard from them. So stay in touch, you know, depends on, again, the situation. If you're asking someone to write you a letter recommendation, that's more urgent and time dependent than if you just want to be in each other's social network. So I would say just light touches and know that it might take a long time for some connections to come to fruition. There's been people that I've kept in touch with who I met maybe at a conference for a couple, two, three, even more years. And then all of a sudden we're doing work together. So patience is also a virtue. Sure. And I think to Devorah's point earlier, when you're thinking about following up with people, you always want to, of course, keep your messages brief, like you said, concise, but also offer that value, right? So maybe there's an article that came out about some new guidelines and you know that it's going to affect a couple of people. You can send them a short email saying, hey, did you see these new guidelines that might affect your projects? Or there's a new software that came out that you do work with an architect and he or she might benefit from that software. It's a perfect time to reach out and say, hey, I hope things are going well. I saw this software, but it might be helpful for you and your projects. I think that's important because it gives a great reason to get in touch with them. And, you know, it's a reason where you're providing value to them. So it's not just, hey, how's it going? It's, hey, thought you might like this. I hope things are going well. I know for me as an engineer, when I was practicing, that approach was very helpful. Yeah. And it makes you memorable and it positions you as not only someone helpful, but someone also who's thoughtful and generous and think creatively around it. So for example, people are often asking me, oh, can I grab a cup of coffee with you and pick your brain on, you know, networking or managing or single tasking or one of my bigger topics. And I do it when I can. I can't always do it. But uh, a woman asked me to meet with her and I said, sure. And 
she said, well, if in case I get there before you, what do you usually order at the cafe? And I told her, well, she surprised me and um, got there early and got beautiful, like take home mug, got it filled with the drink I said I liked and gave it to me as a thank you present when I arrived. Relatively small gesture, doesn't cost a lot of money, but I drank out of that mug for a few years and <laughs> thought of her. <laughs> and I remember who she is as opposed to other people I might've forgotten about. So just also think it can be something like that too. It doesn't have to be a typical thank you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've done the same thing with people where I've given them like a book, not my book, but just a book that I thought would be helpful for one of the challenges that they were struggling with. And they used the book effectively. And for a long period of time, they kept saying, well, you know, Anthony, you gave me that book and it really changed the game for me in terms of my productivity or whatever the case may be. So certainly gestures like that can go a long way. And they really do provide a great way to build the relationship with people, to deepen the relationship with people, which is really what we're talking about here which again, as I said earlier, this has really become kind of a theme of this episode. All right. So what we're going to do now is we'll take a, a short break. We'll come back with Devora and we'll wrap things up in our Take Action Today segment. All right. So we're back with Devora Zach, author of Networking for People Who Hate Networking, currently in its second edition. And we've talked quite a bit about how introverts can network and really build deep relationships and what we want to do here to wrap it up for you is we want to go a little bit deeper in terms of helping you get out there because I know it can be a struggle for a lot of introverts to do that. So Devorah is going to share a story with us from a client that she worked with. Deciding you want to change or improve your networking abilities and, and comfort with networking is really about setting goals for yourself. And a lot of goals we don't achieve because they're poorly formed, meaning they're not concrete. So by way of example, I was working with a senior executive at a Fortune 100 company who wanted to network better, and he was an introvert, and we could have just said, okay, try harder, let's touch base in three months, but we would have no way of knowing whether or not he'd accomplish his goal because it was intangible. So instead, we made it very structured and very specific. We said, in the next three months, twice a month, that he would invite someone to have coffee or tea with him for half an hour, and someone he didn't know well that he'd like to get to know better. And in his case, it was someone in his office, but it could be for you, uh, whatever is meaningful to you. And it was a great goal because it was challenging but achievable. So as an introvert, it was challenging to say, okay, I'm going to do this six times in the next three months, but it wasn't overwhelming. It didn't say every day and it wasn't too easy just once. So he liked that amount, that structure. And then it was something he could literally check off his list of things to do. So at the end of each month, he had either done it twice or he hadn't. And it kept him really focused on it. And he was able to achieve the goal of meeting and getting to know and getting started on networking relationships with six people in a period of three months. Speaking as an engineer myself, I think that's perfect for engineers because we like structure. We like to be able to see what we want to accomplish, check it off when it is accomplished and just have some kind of process to follow. So again, I think this can really apply to a lot of things for engineers, but we're talking about networking here and coming up with some networking goals. Listen, if you're shy, uncomfortable networking right now, start with small goals, accomplish those smaller goals, get in touch with a couple of people, and then expand them as you become more and more comfortable. Absolutely. Well said. You know, every small step you take, you build a little more confidence and that confidence will help kind of grow and grow. And so I really think this conversation that we're having here, what I've taken out of it is understand the meaning of networking, which is, you know, building deep relationships with people, not building a lot of relationships necessarily, which I think sometimes is confused. Take your time with it, but be consistent with it and follow up with it and do those things. And if you have to use a process, use a process. 
Vora, we thank you so much for spending a little time with us here and for sharing some of your thoughts around networking. Again, the book is called Networking for People Who Hate Networking. It's currently in its second edition. And as Devorah said, there is kind of an assessment in the beginning of the book that will help you figure out where you are in the introvert, extrovert spectrum, which can be really critical in terms of what steps you might want to take in terms of networking. And again, Devorah, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Devorah. As I said earlier in the episode, I realized that when you think of networking, you think about getting out there and interacting with people. And right now with the virus outbreak, a lot of us aren't able to do that. However, you can take some of those follow-up steps. You can build relationships online, which is very important in networking and building up that network, which will yield opportunities for you, yourself, and others. This episode is also broadcast on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash engineering careers. And if you haven't been over to the YouTube channel yet, check it out. We've got hundreds of videos. We release two or three a week at this point with little tips for your engineering career. We talk with CEOs. There's all kinds of interesting videos that you can check out there. And again, I really hope you enjoyed the episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. You can visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Look for episode 226 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. And don't forget to check out the work from home productivity training we'll be doing, as well as the how to conduct business development online training. They're all located at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Just click on the training page. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering career endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.